0: It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com.
1: Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's get into the running back rankings. Austin Eckler at one. He's the entire chargers offense (laughs) yes at this point right like (laughs) like like that's it that's all they got so he's probably gonna get like 14 targets in this game he's going at this point based on the wide receivers being out he's going to break the record for most targets and most receptions by a running back this year like it's gonna happen as long as he stays healthy that's what's gonna happen
2: (laughs) that's, that's what's gonna have to be you know obviously it hurt having one of their receivers out you know keenan allen and Mike Williams is still playing that hurt already. We saw um, maybe Justin Herbert's play declining a little bit is because of that. He doesn't have that um, reliable receiver to throw to. Obviously, Mike Williams is reliable, but he's more of a big play threat. Now they're missing both. Like you said, at this point, now Austin Eckler is RB1 and wide receiver 1. <laughs> he's going to be doing his thing um, this week. Regardless, I think this is one of the safest um, number one rankings that we're going to have you know, this season. I think that him at one this week it's a perfect, perfect spot. And, you know, Atlanta's defense isn't that good, so he should be able to take advantage of that pretty well. Um, I, I'd be smashing the overs on a lot of his uh receiving uh, props. Yeah,
1: for sure. I have Alvin Kamara at number two this week, and the usage has been bonkers lately. He's had yeah. the highest-weighted opportunity of any running back not named Austin Eckler over the past couple of weeks. Over his past four games, he's averaging almost 25 touchdowns a game, seven catches per game, and 145 total yards per game. And our data analytics partners, Preciser, has this game at a total of 50 points with an implied total for New Orleans at 28 points, which is one of the highest implied totals for the week. And the Ravens have given given up the the Ravens have given up the fourth most receptions and the sixth most receiving yards to running backs this season. So Kamara is back. He's doing his thing.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Andy Dalton. Who would have thought we'd be saying that? You know, obviously the offense looked good enough with James Winston last season, but with Andy Dalton, it seems like the whole offense is clicking on a new level. And like I said, Alvin Kamara, he's he's kind of proving me wrong. It didn't look like the offense was going his way, but since Andy Dalton stepped in, you know he's doing his thing. So I will concede he looks like you know a high-end RB one right now.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I have him at RB two right now. um At number three, we have Derrick Henry. The Chiefs have let up a bit against the run lately earlier on the season. They're kind of stout against running backs on, on the ground on a per carry basis. But over the past four weeks, they've given up almost 5.8 yards per carry to running back. So the only thing here is that we'll see if the Titans can stay with the chiefs in this game. If the chiefs go up big, you know, if you look at the Titans past games, like with Derek Henry going off, like they haven't really faced any good offenses. Right. right. And Henry has been able to take advantage of that. So if the game script shifts in this one, we might see a different outcome for Henry, but you're starting him either way. Yeah, there's not, there's not a world
2: where you don't start Derrick Henry if he plays. That, that's the bottom yeah. line, you know. There's good matchups and there's bad matchups. I think even if Kansas City goes up, I think that the Titans' defense, you know, which is on a bit of a hot streak recently. Like you said, they haven't played um, really many good offenses recently, but mm-hmm. they're on a bit of a hot streak, so that momentum can carry into this game. It might help them to hold it within, you know, Derrick Henry's striking distance. You know what I'm saying? So where – even if they're if they're up two touchdowns, that's not where you abandon the run. You know, I don't think that they're gonna be up two touchdowns um for most of the game. I think that's just Titans should be able to keep it relatively competitive. And a big reason for that is probably going to be Derrick Henry. I don't have any reservation about starting Derrick Henry as a high end RB one. And if he does any worse, you know, I don't think it's his floor is much lower than RB one.
1: I have Travis Etienne at number four, and this might be a little bit aggressive, but I don't think the, so. You don't think so? That's what I'm talking about, man. That's what I'm talking about. I I don't think so. You look at what the Raiders have given up this season, right? The Raiders have given up the third most fantasy points per game to running backs, the third most fantasy – like, that's for the season, right? Over the past four weeks, the third most fantasy points per game to running backs. Over the past two weeks, the third most fantasy points per game to running backs. So, that just tells you that the Raiders consistently stink against running backs, and they've been giving up a ton (laughs) of production to running backs this year. and. And that's despite the Raiders like being relatively solid uh, against running backs for the most part on the ground on a per mm-hmm. carry basis. Like it just hasn't mattered. They just have been, you know, given up fantasy points in terms of the touchdowns and receptions and all that. Uh, so ETN should continue to do his thing. You know, he saw a bunch of t- touches last week and he got it done in a big way. He's 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 their bell cow at this point.
2: Yeah, uh, that's the bottom line. Uh, but Travis ETN. You say, does it feel a little aggressive having him at four? I don't think so. I mean, look at the rest of the field. Dalvin Cook has been – he's been heating up a little bit, but the upside really isn't there. He hasn't been as explosive, you know, I don't think, as Travis Etienne has been. Aaron Jones is there, but he's only come on because of his receiving. He had a big game on the ground last week, but that – I'm not sure if that's going to continue. That was just – odd to see you know you'd, you'd figure after it was a little fluky yeah after a bunch of games of not getting it down on the ground just showing up with 143 yards that was a little weird Ramondre stevenson we just saw Damian harris cut in his workload kenneth walker you know he looked good uh his, his production was just a little bit modest for you know my taste obviously mm-hmm. um with what we had seen the, the previous two weeks you know travis Etienne, i think at this point you could argue maybe josh jacobs over him but I, yeah i think travis Etienne is undeniably top five this week because you know, he did so well last week. And that was against a good Denver defense.
1: It, it, it really was. And, and you know, Josh Jacobs, I, I would have put him at number four if it was a little bit of, of a better matchup. And the way the Raiders have been looking over the past two weeks, you know, hasn't been great. Um, yeah. And I have him at five here. You know, hopefully they'll be able to move the ball more this week against Jacksonville. Now, the Jaguars have allowed the six most fantasy points to running backs this year. Jacobs only had one bad week. So I'm hoping that he can bounce back this week. Yeah. And then you have Kenneth Walker at six, solid matchup against Arizona. Dalvin Cook at seven, who's been getting it done lately, right? He's been getting the work, he's been getting the touchdowns, and he's been being he's been able he's been being he's been used in the receiving game also lately, which is really yeah. good to see.
2: Yeah, it's good news for Dalvin Cook. Um, like I said, the volume is kind of Becoming a necessity at this point, which is weird. You know, obviously he wasn't getting that a hundred percent. A couple weeks ago, it looked a little bit more like a committee. It was a little too close to a committee for comfort, for me at least. Especially if I drafted Dalvin Cook high. He's getting closer to cracking that ceiling that we were talking about him having, but he hasn't really had that massive game that you know we really think he's supposed to have. I'm not sure if that's going to come. You know, at this point, especially with you know the Vikings getting a new weapon in the passing game. They're obviously a pass-first offense. Kirk Cousins is getting it done. Justin Jefferson isn't going to go away. Um, Adam Thielen is a nice compliment. And like I said with T.J. Hawkinson, there I'm not sure how many targets are going to be go, going around. Um, that receiving work that he's gotten recently might dwindle a little bit again down the line. But I think that he's still you know a safe play as a running back. He's just not you know what we wanted him to be necessarily. That's not a bad thing. He's doing what he needs to do to produce for you.
1: Aaron Jones, I have him at eight, which is a little high for him usually, but he's had two good games. Uh, he's still not so easy to trust, but yeah. he has a good matchup against Detroit this week. So you're hoping that he's able to continue doing what he's doing. And, you know, last week he had a big game on the ground. He got the volume as well in a negative game script, right, against the yeah. Bills, and he was able to get it done in a, in a tough matchup. So the hope is that the the Packers see that he's able to like continue, you know, to be really effective on the ground, and hopefully he gets his touches this week.
2: Yeah, that's kind of where you You cross your fingers when you put him in your lineup. I'm like, hopefully he yeah. gets the touches that he needs to actually produce. Because in yeah. reality, you know, Aaron Jones, he doesn't need that many touches to do well. You know, he's not a guy where you have to hand him the ball like 25 times for him to have a nice game. Um, I forget somebody was doing that um, earlier this season. I, for, I forget who, but I'm just trying to come up with a comparison. But you get the idea. Aaron Jones, he doesn't need that many touches. He just sometimes he gets it sometimes he doesn't. He's gotten it the past two weeks, you know obviously 2 weeks ago in the in the receiving game and then he just got a bunch of he was really efficient on his carries last last week against a good Bills defense. This is a really good matchup which makes me a little bit more you know a little bit less hesitant to start him, but I think that you still have to consider that the touches might not be there 100% and that the Packers offense isn't anything close to what it's been um obviously in the past.
1: Remondre Stevenson, I have him here at 9. I had to put him up here, man. Like you know, despite Damian Harris, you know, getting a little bit of that share back last week, yeah. Stevenson has just simply been getting it done, regardless, right? And he's been heavily used in receiving game, as well. Um, and you know, Indy on the low, they've let up a, a little bit against the run. They've given they've given up four point nine yards of carry over the last four weeks, so this is turning into a decent matchup. And you know, who knows if Indy is going to be able to move the ball so well, you know, with a banged up Jonathan Taylor you know, with Ellinger at quarterback against the Patriots. So this might be a situation where, you know, Stevenson and Damian Harris, uh, who I think I have in the top 30, I think I have him right at RB30 this week, Um, yeah. could potentially, you know, ha- have, a- have some volume against this team.
2: Yeah, I like Ramondre Stevenson at nine. He is far and away, you know, the best running back at this point for fantasy. I'm not sure. I think Damian Harris is still talented. You know, I'm not saying that he should be starting over getting more touches than Ramondre stevenson that's just the way it's going to be but as long as Ramondre stevenson is getting these touches you know we haven't really seen um a running back get this type of volume from bill belichick in a long time so I, I think we're just going to roll with this you know let it keep happening Ramondre stevenson's done really well for you these past five weeks even um i, I think it's going to continue i don't see any you know scenario where he doesn't continue to do his thing unless he gets hurt um at this point it seems like he's a focal point of the offense and a good part of the offense at that it's not like he's just you know there and they're using it because he's the only one there with if you have damien harris behind you and you're still taking the majority of the snaps are doing something right um i, I think this is going to continue he's going to be a continue continue to be a nice piece the rest of the season um you're probably really happy if you picked him up i know you were pretty big on remindry's Stevenson coming in this season
1: oh yeah oh yeah john yeah. mixon at 10 leonard Fournette at 11 damien pierce at 12 um, the Texans will probably close their eyes, like I said, at the box score, you know, give him some work. I yeah. think he'll continue to get some volume despite the tough matchup. So I'm I'm good starting him this week over Miles Sanders, who has a better matchup than him. Um, but I just I'd rather start the every-down guy who's gonna get volume, who's been producing every single week. You know, last week it was a little tough, right? Um, but I don't want to use that one game against them. Um and he still was able to come through with his, with a decent, you know, fantasy day for the most part. But Miles Sanders, you know, here at number 13. Who are you starting if you have to choose between one of these guys? Like, are you choosing Sanders and the good matchup or or are you choosing the volume with Damian Pierce?
2: That's a really tough one. These guys are, you know, neck and neck for me. I think the safer option is going to be Damian Pierce. I think you're looking at better upside with Miles Sanders. mm, Okay, I'll put it this way. It's hard to explain, but you can see it right here. Uh, Maybe not. Damian Pierce is floor is lower than miles sanders but his ceiling is also higher than miles sanders miles sanders falls right in the middle where i feel like he's going to have a good game regardless it's not going to be a, an extreme production game for him you know it's not gonna be like he's gonna be really low or he's gonna have 30 points but i think like 18 to 21 is gonna be right where miles sanders ends up falling and then damian pierce you know he could have 25 points he could also have eight points so that's how i view this Because of that, you know, if you're playing for upside, you'd start Pierce. If you're playing for safety, you'd start Sanders. I'm going to start Pierce, even though I just said to sell him on yesterday's episode. I might start Pierce.
1: You don't even need me on this episode because you could just debate with yourself.
2: Yeah, I just had a whole debate with myself. (laughs)
1: I was expecting I to have
2: that question posed. I'm just looking at these yep. rankings. I'm like, okay, for Ozzy yep. and Damian Pierce, but I didn't think where I would start. I'm like, okay, <laughs> not, not, now I just, you know, I love I gotta, it, I,
1: you know, and and that's how you 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 come up with like, you know, that's how you work through these type of decisions, you know. Yeah. So that's I'm glad I'm glad we were able to you know hear that firsthand. <laughs> I gotta um, go check my lineup. <laughs> yeah, I got Jonathan Taylor number fourteen, assuming that he does play. If he does end up playing, I'm starting him. You know, I'm not starting him as RB1, but I'm starting starting him as as a high in RB2. And I like Miles Sanders' matchup enough. And also, he's playing tonight, right? So if you have Taylor and Sanders, you don't know if Taylor's going to play. If he gets limited today, he might be out. So you're going to play Sanders in your lineup in a good matchup.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Jamal Williams at number 15 here. Like I mentioned, I have him right above DeAndre Swift, who I have at 16. DeAndre Swift, you know, when the head coach is coming out and saying, like, hey, like, this is not... He's not healthy. He's not, you know, all the way there. He only got, uh, you know, 10 touches opportunities this past week. He looked all right. Didn't look really great in the in the rush game, right? Um, and he's not all the way there. And they have a capable running back in Jamal Williams who's going to get volume. Uh, Green Bay is not good against the against the run. So if Jamal Williams gets 15 carries in this game, he could potentially be efficient on those 15 carries. And we know that he's the goal line guy, right? So they're, right. if they're able to move the ball a little bit, He's had two touchdowns in a bunch of games this year. So that sort of upside, I feel like I'd rather roll the dice on Jamal, you know, rather than. I know that Jamal, if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's probably only giving you like six, seven, eight points, right? Because he yeah. might not have a 100-yard game, but like he'll have his 60, 70 yards on the ground. You know, the the floor isn't so high, uh, but I'm okay with it because of the 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 upside that he presents with those goal line touchdowns. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like I said, this whole running back situation in Detroit is going to come down the way that DeAndre Swift ends up falling on the practice report these next few days. Um, If he's limited, if he's limited or worse the rest of this week, if he doesn't start, if he doesn't have practice or he's limited the rest of this week, I'd have Jamal Williams starting over DeAndre Swift. But if he gets, you know, a full practice in at any point this week, I'd, you know, feel pretty confident slotting DeAndre Swift in as my starter of Jamal Williams, if I had the choice, chances are, you probably don't have both of them, but maybe you took, you know, Jamal Williams as a handcuff. Um, I'm not sure if you did, if if how many people did that, but um, if you have to choose, you know, you know, just here, just scroll back 15 seconds. You'll hear what I said.
1: (laughs) You know, it's so funny. (laughs) I can
2: repeat it, but yeah, I
1: think, I think yesterday we were talking about like, like, yeah, you could sell Jamal Williams. Um, And I think, I still think he's a, he's a solid sell, but like, if you have him, you, you play him as, as needed. But I was like, "Oh, like, oh, what? Are you really going to play him over Jonathan Taylor?" And like, I literally have him one spot behind Jonathan <laughs> yeah. Taylor here. And I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> okay wow, maybe. that 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 that's funny." Um, hey, so well, you yeah, have Jonathan ahead.
2: Taylor over him at the end of the day, and that's that, that's the <laughs> truth. You're not going <laughs> to start, you're not going to start Jamal Williams over Jonathan Taylor unless Jonathan Taylor's injured, obviously. But
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which he kind of is. So that's he that's kind funny. Of is, so you got you got to think about it. It's a dec- yeah. decision to be made. Uh There's this a big tier gap at this point Um, but Deontay Foreman I have at 17 Chuba Harper did get a limited practice in on Wednesday Um, we'll see what his practice status is the rest of the week it is possible that he's limited all week if he is then Deontay Foreman is a very very solid start this week yeah. against Cincinnati now Cincinnati is a tough matchup right and it is possible that the Panthers don't get anything going against this team right yeah. that is possible it is in Cincinnati too so you know you kind of have to temper expectations a little bit for this entire offense. Like don't expect them to like, you know, go crazy. Like they have over the past couple of weeks. Um, but you know, I think, I still think that, you know, with if, if Tuba Hubbard is a little bit banged up, still not hundred percent, then it's going to be mostly Deontay Foreman, uh, getting the bulk of the work and the way he's looked over the past couple of weeks, you know, he could have another good week.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, you talk about a clear tier drop off here. Um, I think that Deontay Foreman kind of you know rides that line a little bit. I mean, uh, Raheem Mostert, Devin Singletary, Khalil Herbert—that's a pretty big drop. I, I agree,
1: especially if 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 um, Chuba Hubbard is still banged up. Like I agree, I would put Deontay Foreman up, up, oh, yeah. up, up here. Like if, if if um, if Chuba Hubbard's out, I would probably put Foreman above Swift here.
2: Yeah, that, and that's the way it'd have to be. Obviously, you know. Chuba Hubbard, his status isn't going to do too much in terms of our ranking of Deontay Foreman, because like we said, this offense, it should come back down to earth this week, you know, with Cincinnati being pretty good on defense, even though they did just get walloped by the Browns. But um (laughs) that that's for conversation for a different day. Deontay Foreman, you know, I I think, like you said, I think the tier drop off, he is like the transition between tiers. You know what I'm saying? Because he has a chance to be really good, but he also has a chance to be not so good because the offense is that bad. Deontay Foreman did it, he got the workload. And that's really all you need—a hat trick. He showed us that he can do what he needs to do for fantasy when he gets the workload. But we're just not sure what the workload's going to look like, or the game script's probably not going to be the same. We'll see how he gets used. But I think Deontay Foreman's head and shoulders above Raheem Mostert. Also, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift are, you know, a step above Deontay Foreman at this point. He's like a—he's a, a little—he's like a page break. You know what I'm saying? He's yep. doing what he needs to do.
1: And Raheem Mostert at 18, Devin Singletary at 19. Like, these two guys just got a couple running backs introduced into their backfields, yeah. right? And Mostert has a great matchup against Chicago on the ground. However, Jeff Wilson, you know, is going to get a full week of practice, right, with mm-hmm. the 49ers. I'm I'm sorry, with the, with the Dolphins. And, you know, he knows the system. Like, this is yeah. his system that he's been in. So, like, it's not going to take much ramping up here. He's healthy. He's good to go. He's been efficient this year. And I can I can totally see Jeff Wilson being part of this rotation this week. Um and you know, it, it it's tough because like, you know, you had Raheem Mostert, he was you're riding him as a solid RB two, great matchup this week. And I'm still gonna start him as an RB two, but just kind of temper expectations and for the possibility that Jeff Wilson's introduced as like a one B to Raheem Mostert. Yeah.
2: I wouldn't be surprised to see that at all. We talked about this at length yesterday. I think Jeff, Jeff Wilson is going to have a role in this offense just because of the familiarity with Mike McDaniel and Raheem Mostert. You know, this offensive scheme, they dropped Chase Evans to bring Jeff Wilson in. Somebody, they're probably sitting there like, okay, we got rid of Chase Evans, you know. Who can we bring in, you know, at this point? Mike McDaniel sitting there. Who can we bring in that's going to fill that role? Because Chase Evans obviously didn't do it. Be like Just get somebody that we know can do it. And they go get Jeff Wilson. So I think he's going to have a role. Definitely, I think Raheem Moster. I, I I might shove him down a few spots. Same with Devin Singletary. I I think I'd move Khalil Herbert over both of them because, like you said about yeah, like you said about the hot hand, we saw that in full swing last week. You know, Khalil Herbert still looked good. Um, we're starting to see more of a split between him and Montgomery at this point. Montgomery did lose that fumble, so Khalil, Khalil Herbert not only did he not lose fumble, but i I'd, I'd argue he looks a little bit more explosive than David Montgomery. Oh, Montgomery's yeah. a good running back. Don't get me wrong. But Khalil Herbert seems to be doing his thing right now. And if they're truly riding the hot hand, I think that 20 might be a little low, um, especially with Raheem Mostert and Devin Singletary. About them.
1: I, I really like Mostert's matchup. And, and I feel like, you know, he'll, I, I have a feeling he'll probably get a little bit more work than Khalil Herbert this week, even right. with Jeff Wilson potentially involved. But that's the reason why I have him at 18. De- Devin Singletary, we don't know, you know, what Naheem Hines role is going to be. You know, so this is a situation where, like, all right, you know what? Like, I'm going to still have him in – he's still attached to a good offense. I'm like, you know what? Let me put Devin Singletary in there. And, then Khalil Herbert, I agree, man. Like, he is on his way, uh, you know, to potentially out, start out-touching, you know, David Montgomery on a regular basis. Now, you know, David Montgomery still saw 70% of the snaps last week and Khalil Herbert only saw 28% of the snaps. Yeah. Uh, however, the touch, you know, difference, differential between those two guys is shrinking. And, you know, I'd rather play even though that even though David Montgomery's playing 70% of the snaps, like I would rather play Cleo Herbert because he's doing more with his touches right now. Um, yeah. So I'm all about it. And this is a matchup, you know, with Justin Fields getting better. If we're going to put Justin Fields that high, we have to kind of move this entire offense with him. Right. So I'm, I'm, yeah. that's why I have Cleo Herbert here at 20. Um, let's move on to 21 here. Um, I think I have David Montgomery. Yeah, I have David Montgomery yeah. here at 21 um, right after him. Tyler Algier at 22 who's been leading Atlanta's backfield. If Cordell Patterson is back this week, I'll move him down. I don't think he's going to be back this week. I think they're going to give him an extra week. Right. Kenyon Drake at number 23, assuming Gus Edwards is out this week. Um, Is Kenyon Drake too low if Gus Edwards is out, or is this about right? I have him right above Antonio Gibson and Michael Carter.
2: He's not too low. I, I don't think you can rank him too low because we know he's liable to just throw up like a dud. Yeah, uh, um, I, I think that you know the volatility that he presents has him this low. Obviously, in a vacuum, you look. Oh, okay, running back getting probably majority of the carries. You know, on an offense that's run first, he'd probably be as a mid RB two. You know, with without much competition. But this is Kenny Drake, and I think Lamar Jackson is going to be doing his thing. You know, he'll be making plays, Kenny Drake. I'm not a big fan of him in this offense from what I've seen so far. I'm not expecting him to suddenly be a lot better than he has been. I think this is just based off of, you know, the eye test and what we've seen and you can't really rank him much higher than that.
1: So I have Antonio Gibson after him. Keep an eye on um, JD McKissick's availability this week. He has an injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday. If he's out, you know, he actually split the passing down work a little bit with McKissick last week. And I don't know what, why, like, I'm not sure if that was a role change. If McKissick was was banged up in that game, you know, we'll see. But if McKissick is out, Antonio Gibson is going to be moving up for me um, against Minnesota. He's going to be moving up to, I would say, let's say, I would move – if McKissick is out, I would move him above Raheem Mostert. That's listen. what I was looking at too. Yeah, that's where I would move him above. I would move him at – he would be at like number 18 for me. Yeah. Because, you know, James – you know, listen – you know, we we talked about this, you know, ever since Brian Robinson was coming back, man. That Antonio Gibson's just a better running back. And that's it's proven out to be the case, man. Like he's been looking good, uh, he's been efficient, and you know, he's being used in the pass game a little bit more, and now they're realizing, like, oh, like this guy's actually pretty good. Yeah, no shit. He's he's <laughs> he's a good player. Um yeah. so you know, if he's gonna assume the passing down work and then also get some carries on the ground, that means he has a role on all three downs with JD McKissick out if he is out. Um so I would move him up a little bit. So Just keep that in mind moving forward. Okay.
2: Yeah. they're Taking advantage of, you know, his chops in the receiving game. Because, you know, we said about him being a receiver converted to running back. I think they're finally figuring that out. They did that early (laughs) on in the season. They're like, wait, he has hands. We can throw him the ball. We don't have to use him as a pure runner. And he can still get it done as a pure runner. But his full skill set, you know, they're finally maximizing it a little bit. I agree. You know, I've been, I've been a bit of an Antonio Gibson hater, not really because of his talent, but just because I thought that this coaching staff was, you know, done with him. I thought yeah. they were looking at Brian Robinson as a new toy. And, you know, Antonio Gibson's like, you know, like that Toy Story clip. I don't want to play with you anymore. It's like at this point now, it looks like Antonio Gibson, they're rediscovering it. If,
1: you, if you've if you been listening to me over the past couple of years, man, I've been high, then low, then high, then low on Antonio Gibson. It changes yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's, if I love the player, and the, he was used well. I was. I'm gonna be high on him forever. Okay, yeah. but if the coaching staff doesn't seem interested, if they're bringing in Brian Robinson, if they're talking to other running backs, you know, during the draft process, all of that they're showing all the signs that they showed for Antonio Gibson for the past two years. I'm gonna not be high on Antonio Gibson. Okay, it's all yeah. about opportunity at the end of the day. And if you're a talented running back and you're not getting the opportunity, it doesn't matter. You ain't going to be fantasy relevant. You know, yeah. so that's what it comes down to. Um, now Michael Carter here at number twenty-five. He was the primary running back for the Jets last week. Fifty-six percent of snaps ran a, a router on about fifty percent of dropbacks. Ty Johnson was like way too involved for me. Like I don't yeah. know why. You know, e- even though you know they did, you know, introduce James Robinson into the backfield last week. He only played twenty-two percent of snaps, and he had thirty percent of rushing attempts. So, you know, we'll see what that split looks like this week. But it's. You know, I think Michael Carter is still the 1A at this point, and I'm cool. Like, even though it's a tough matchup, I think he'll be involved enough to where he can be a solid, you know, as has a solid floor, I would say. Yeah. You know, I don't think he has much of a ceiling, though, against Buffalo.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's the way it's been. I think we talked about this Right when James Robinson got traded, we said that Michael Carter is still going to be the guy in this backfield with Brees Hall out now, obviously, you know, if Brees Hall is here. We wouldn't be having this discussion at all, but since Michael Carter is, you know, the guy that's there, he's been there a few years, um, obviously much more than James Robinson. Um, you know, Ty Johnson's been there, but he's been in and out. I think Michael Carter is clearly the guy that that's really all there is to it. Um, there's not much of a ceiling because, you know, I'm not sure how good this offense is going to be anymore without Brees Hall. They obviously looked really good with Brees Hall. So we got a taste of it last week. What we could be looking at for the future, it didn't look too good. But, you know, I think we owe him the benefit of the doubt after what we've seen, you know, the rest of the season. Um, I think we should give him a little time. Michael Carter can still be relevant. Um, He can have those RB2 weeks, I think.
1: I have James Conner at number 26, assuming that he plays. I have no idea what the split is going to look like when he's back. I don't know how much work he's going to get. This rib injury is taking forever for him, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I have, you know, Benjamin at 27, like right after him, because I I do feel like it's going to be a split. This is assuming James Conner is back. I'm assuming a split in his first week back. If this is his first week back.
2: Yeah. And we thought he would play maybe last week and he didn't. So yeah, who knows what's going to happen. Hopefully he plays, um, you know, obviously you can fire up you know Benjamin again as a nice play if he doesn't. Eno you know, Benjamin had a quiet week last week after going off the week before I think. But yeah. um, I think that you know if James Conner starts it's going to be both of them just kind of you know killing each other as far as their ceiling goes. That's what yeah, but his Eno
1: you know, Benjamin's usage last week was so good. You know, 74% yeah. of snaps, 75% route participation like you know, it's it's been looking great. So, you yeah. know, Dow Williams is on IR. So if you have Eno Benjamin He should probably continue to be on your team. Like, don't don't cut him. He's like a a a season long asset at this point. Yeah, Caleb Huntley you have here at number twenty eight because of the fact that the Falcons are going up against the Chargers. It's it's assuming that Cordell Patterson is not going to play this week. Um, You know, it's going to be Huntley and it's going to be you know Algier who I have at twenty two. So Caleb Huntley as the the second running back to Algier, I think both of these guys can potentially get it done for you in a really really good matchup.
2: Yeah, Caleb Huntley is going to be the guy running the ball. Tyler Algier is going to be the guy catching the ball. That's the way it's going to be. And they've been doing fine, you know, the way they've been playing. Um, I'm not starting Caleb Huntley and thinking that he's going to turn in, you know, a fantastic performance. I think a touchdown is his ceiling. But, you know, in a pinch, I think he can get it done for you.
1: Chuba Hubbard at 29, assuming that he plays. And then I have Damian Harris at number thirty. So you know, Chuba Hubbard, just real quick, you know, before we before we end this, Chuba Hubbard, you know, if he does come back, I would assume that he'll be a little bit limited. He won't be all the way there, right? Like you know, especially the way that Deontay Foreman played last two weeks, Um, and he'll be their passing down guy. That's that's how I'm looking at it. But you know, we'll see what that split looks like when he's healthy. And then Mm -hmm. Damian Harris, like I mentioned earlier, good matchup against Indy. They've been letting up against the run uh, lately, so I think both of these guys. I don't know how much indies you know has like in terms of offensive firepower so it's very possible both these guys uh him and reminder stevenson have a bunch of volume in this game yeah and that's it guys appreciate everyone listening um again just remember uh to to if you want to enjoy tonight's game you know and you're worried about it being a bad game sign up with underdog use code upper hand you'll, you'll, you'll get a hundred you'll get a 100 match on your first deposit up to 100 so so uh, use the code upper hand there at underdogfantasy.com or download the app but I really appreciate everybody here. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you can download the podcast whenever you can, when, if you can subscribe to the podcast, you know, that would mean the world to us. So we appreciate it. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. We'll be back reviewing Thursday Night Football, and we'll go, we're going to go over wide receiver rankings and tight end rankings for week nine. Thanks, guys. See you tomorrow. Later.